Wednesdays are for dipshits. Welcome to the Dipshit Files number 14 on the Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. I'm Mr. Scriptkeeper. And I'm Mrs. Scriptkeeper. And we are not doing serial killers and cannibals no. No, and no, terrible no, no, shit no, today. No, 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 not today. We are actually going to go pretty deep into mm-hmm. the world of Sasquatch. Yeah. So if you hate cryptids and thing, it's not going to be for you then. Right. But there'll be little skitscatties and there'll be other, but a fun conversation nonetheless on the possibilities yeah. of this thing that just might be walking around in right. the fucking Northwest or in somewhere in the United States or all somewhere in the over, world. All over the U.S. Yeah. I found that all over the U.S. Well, fuck. So th- this makes us dipshits this time? Yeah. Or, or maybe yeah, probably. it's, maybe it's I think, somebody else? I think I'm going to be a big ass dipshit at yeah. the end of this because I, so. I did the research and I'm like, I, uh, yeah, she's she's way into Bigfoot uh, now. <laughs> we'll find out where I lay. But let's find out as we open up another dipshit file. <laughs> Bigfoot, hmm. Sasquatch, mm-hmm. Almas, and fucking, there's Yeti. all sorts of furry men. Yowie. Yowie. There's a bunch mm-hmm. of crazy motherfuckers. This has always intrigued me, and I'm glad we're doing this. Yeah. And so if you guys hate cryptids, mm-hmm. suck a dick, because <laughs> I love them. Uh, this, this is one where I used to look into it a lot on one of my radio shows a long time ago. And, you know, there's interesting theories, uh, mm-hmm. really hypotheses, right. uh, and really just wackadoodle shit. Well, but we're going to look into There's plenty of, of wackadoodle shit. There's a bunch out there. But there's a fun scientific theory. But there is, and yes. And if you guys wait to the end, we're going to introduce it if you have never heard it before. Yep. And I, when I heard it, I thought, well, shit, that changes everything. Exactly. And so, and we live in the Northwest, and we're we're always interested in hearing some of the people that we know and their little tales. Or like, mm-hmm. Grandpa went out in the woods and fuckity-foo. Mm-hmm. But we've got a ton of things to cover. There's lots of stories. We'll make them pretty short, but we are going to focus a big chunk on the Patterson film because there's interesting shit involved with the people there. There's Independence Day film, the mm-hmm. Independence Day film, uh, Rick Jacobs photo from 2007 and his story. Mm-hmm. Then we'll look at the Jamestown, Pennsylvania, 1980s story. Uh, there's a ton of stories. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to list them all. There's, there, a there's bunch. basically a bunch of little things that we're going to try and is Bigfoot real? Mm-hmm. Is this evidence? Eh? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think um, what we'll also do is I have a list of links to this, the, the video evidence, the best ones that I found. And I think this time we're actually going to put those links in the description so you mm. guys can click on them and, you know, watch them for yourself. Yeah, I think some we- of them are long. Some of them are r- super short. But kind of gives you an idea, yeah. you know. In the litter box, Monique and I are going to watch some of these videos together, and we'll do a little response yeah. video as well right? on some of these. So you can join us there if mm-hmm. you are a scat cat or a inside scooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, why don't we get right into this? Let's first learn about what the fuck is a Bigfoot. Dipshit files, oddities, Bigfoot. What's all this about? It's been the subject of campfire stories for decades. A camera-elusive, grooming-challenged, bipedal ape-man that roams the mountains and regions of North America. Some call it Sasquatch. Samsquatch. Others know it as Bigfoot. Thousands of people claim to have seen the hairy hominid, 
but the evidence of his existence is fuzzy. I see what you did there. There are few clear photographs of the oversized beast. No bones have ever been found. We do need a body. Countless pranksters have admitted to faking footprints, yet a small but vocal number of scientists remain undeterred. You become a dweeb within the geeks amongst the nerds. Risking ridicule from other academics, they propose that there's enough forensic evidence to warrant something that has never been done. A comprehensive scientific study to determine if the legendary primate actually exists. Bum, bum, bum. I don't know if that really belongs there. Shut up, Steve. Whatever. Sasquatch stories go back centuries. Tales of mythical giant apes lurk in the oral traditions of most Native American tribes as well as in Europe and Asia. The Himalaya has its abominable snowman or the Yeti. So what did this thing look like? I'd say it was pretty abominable. Now, what were its features like? Uh, abominable. Can you think of any other words to describe it? Well, I mean, it made me shit myself. In Australia, Bigfoot is known as the Yowie Man. Crocky fuck, look at that fuck. Right fuck cunt, what do we call him? Call him a crocky fuck cunt fucker. A Yowie Man, right like that fuck cunt fucker. Given the scientific evidence that I have examined, says Jeff Muldrum, I'm convinced there's a creature out there that is yet to be identified. Jeff Muldrum's a professor of anatomy and anthropology at Idaho State University in Pocatello. Which is the Yale of southeast Idaho. I don't know, I'm sorry. Bigfoot advocates hypothesize that the primate is the offspring of an ape from Asia that wandered to North America during the Ice Age. They believe there are at least 2,000 ape men walking upright in North American woods today. Mr. President, we've discovered 2,000 monkey men living up in the woods. Yeah, are they paying taxes? Uh, no, they're like Bigfoots. Did they vote for me? I mean, probably not. Do we still have napalm? Uh, an adult male is said to be at least 8 feet tall and weigh 800 pounds and have feet twice the size of a human. There's a high probability they have huge Cocks. And the creatures are described as shy and nocturnal, and their diets consist mostly of berries and fruits. And Jack Slink's tender bites beef jerky. Matt Moneymaker had been searching for Bigfoot for years. A dweeb of a dork of the nerds. In the woods of eastern Ohio, he claims he finally came eye to eye with the elusive primate. Quote, it was two o'clock in the morning, and the moon was a quarter full, recalled Moneymaker. I was high on moonshine meth and a thing we call Beetlejuice. Suddenly... There he was, an eight-foot-tall creature standing 15 feet away, growling at me. This is what you wanted. He wanted to let me know I was in the wrong place, end quote. Moneymaker, who lives in Dana Point in Southern California, is a lawyer who runs his own marketing agency. In his spare time, he leads the Bigfoot Field Research Organization, a network of more than 3,000 people who claim to have seen the Sasquatch. Mm. Unfortunately... No one has been able to snap a clear picture of the beast. Mm. Perhaps the most compelling photographic evidence of Bigfoot is a controversial short film shot by Roger Patterson in 1967, which appears to document a female Bigfoot striding along a riverbank in Northern California. And that one's got a, a bad rap over the last yeah. many years, but we're going to talk about all the different controversies there. Thank you. Yes. I was going to throw that in there. Yeah. It certainly wasn't human is what they're saying. Sure. Now, Bigfoot advocates are increasingly turning to forensic evidence to prove the existence of the giant creature. We should try some science on this. It's worked on other stuff. Investigator Jimmy Chilcutt of the Conroe Police Department in Texas, who specializes in finger and footprints, has analyzed more than 150 casts of Bigfoot prints that Meldrum, the Idaho State professor, keeps in a laboratory. Hmm. I am the dog king of Nerdia. I'm sorry. Chilcutt says one footprint found in 1987 in Walla Walla in Washington State has convinced him that Bigfoot is real. All right. The ridge flow pattern and the texture was completely different from anything I had ever seen, he said. It certainly wasn't human and of no known primate that I've examined. 
The print ridges flowed lengthwise along the foot, unlike human prints, which flow across. The texture of the ridges was about twice the thickness of a human, which indicated that this animal was has made of rubber. really thick skin. Meldrum, meanwhile, says a 400-pound block of plaster known as the Skookum Cast provides further evidence of Bigfoot's existence. Okay. The cast was made in September 2000 from an impression of a large animal that had apparently laid down on its side to retrieve some fruit next to a mud hole in the Gifford Pinchot National Forest in Washington State. Hmm. Meldrum says the cast contains recognizable impressions of a forearm, a thigh, buttocks, an Achilles tendon, and a heel. I believe that there's his heel. Yeah, what's that? I believe that's an imprint of the Bigfoot's cock. Sasquatch has got some huge dick and balls. That's our hypothesis. Yikes, sorry. I saw this picture. Hmm. It is fascinating. As a layman, I looked at it and I was like, I have no fucking idea what I'm looking at. The imprint of a Sasquatch dick and balls. Not a clue. But then they actually outlined it so you could see the impressions. And uh, it was it was compelling. It was very interesting. Hmm. It's 40 to 50% bigger than a normal human, he said. Not camping. The anatomy doesn't jive with any known animal. It's like the size of a leg. I'm pretty sure it's this creature's cock. I don't want to sound weird or anything, but I'd pay to see it. Cheers. <laughs> a few academics believe Meldrum could be right. Maybe. Renowned chimpanzee researcher Jane Goodall surprised an interview from National Public Radio when she said she was sure that large, undiscovered primates such as the Yeti or Sasquatch exist. Fuck me running. Why? What? I never heard that. Bigfoot is most often described as a large, muscular, and bipedal ape-like creature covered in black, dark brown, or dark reddish hair. Anecdotal descriptions estimate a height of roughly six to nine feet, with some descriptions having the creature standing as tall as 10 to 15 feet. Fuck that. Let's get the military on that shit. Some observations describe Bigfoot as more man-like, with reports of a human-like face. Just somebody's crazy uncle. In 1971, multiple people in the Dalles, Oregon, filed a police report describing an overgrown ape, and one of the men claimed to have sighted the creature in the scope of his rifle, but he couldn't bring himself to shoot it because, quote, it looked more human than animal. Yeah, you don't want to shoot somebody's crazy uncle. Common descriptions also include broad shoulders, no visible neck, long arms, which skeptics describe as likely misidentification of a bear standing upright. Or riding a unicycle. They probably look like Sasquatch then. Some alleged nighttime sightings have stated the creature's eyes glowed yellow or red. However, eye shine is not present in humans or any other known apes. So proposed explanations for observable eye shine off the ground in the forest include owls, raccoons, or opossums perched in foliage. Or demons, of course. <laughs> and we'll cover eye shine. Uh, later on. I never even thought of Aishan. Can't wait. Michael Rugg, owner of the Bigfoot Discovery Museum in Northern California, claims to have smelled Bigfoot, hmm. stating, imagine a skunk that had rolled around in dead animals and had hung around the garbage pits. Wait, wait what did it smell like? All right, picture a skunk okay. rolled in shit, wrapped in a diarrhea diaper, oh. then thrown into a bucket of sulfur set on fire, oh. and then eaten by a Jack Russell tear and then shit out, oh. and then lit on fire again, dude, then left outside in the rain. Oh. That wasn't a pleasant smell. Yum. The enormous footprints for which the creature is named are claimed to be as large as 24 inches long and 8 inches wide. Contain yourselves, ladies. Some footprint casts have also contained claw marks, making it likely that they came from 
known animals such as bears, which have five toes and claws. That sounds reasonable. There have been over 10,000 reported Bigfoot sightings in the continental United States. Hmm. About one third of all claims of Bigfoot sightings are located in the Pacific Northwest. Right here. What figures? If there was a rating system that determined a state's wackadoodlery, Washington would be pretty high. And with the remaining reports spread throughout the rest of North America, most reports are considered mistakes or hoaxes, even by those researchers who claim Bigfoot exists. We troll for the lulls. Sightings predominantly occur in the Northwest region of Washington, Oregon, Northern California, and British Columbia. Washington has a lot of wackadoodle competition in the West. Other prominent areas of supposed sightings include the rural areas of the Great Lakes region and the southeastern United States. According to data collected from the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, their Bigfoot sightings database in 2019. That sounds so professional. Washington State has over 2,000 reported sightings. Nice. California, over 1,600. Nah, nah. Pennsylvania, over 1,300. That's a ways away. New York and Oregon, over 1,000. And Texas has just over 800. Hmm. I found that interesting. Mm-hmm. The debate over the legitimacy of Bigfoot sightings reached a peak in the 1970s, and Bigfoot has been recorded as the first widely popularized example of pseudoscience in American culture. Mm. Many regions have different names for the creatures. In Canada, the name Sasquatch is widely used, although often interchangeably with the name Bigfoot. The United States use both of these names, but also they have numerous names and descriptions for the creature depending on the region and the area in which they are allegedly sighted. These include the skunk ape in Florida and other southern states, grass man in Ohio, nice, dude. the fook monster in Arkansas, is there a coont in a coke monster? Wood booger in Virginia. Uh. <laughs> He's a wood booger. How would you describe the beast? Yeah, it had a bunch of shit in its nose. What do you mean, like snot? No. Blood? No. Hair? No, I think it was wood. Wood boogers? Yeah, why not? The monster sense. of Whitehall in Whitehall, New York. Momo in Missouri. Honey Island Swamp Monster in Louisiana. Dewey Lake Monster in Michigan. Magallan Monster in Arizona. The Big Muddy Monster in Southern Illinois. Nice. And the Old Man of the Mountain in West Virginia. Old Man on the Mountain coming home, home. Mm. Forgot all the words. <laughs> That's some Merle Haggard for you there. The term wood ape is also used by some as a means to deviate from the perceived mythical connotation surrounding the name Bigfoot. You are technically a dork if you think Bigfoot is cool. I don't make the rules. Other names include Bushman, Treeman, and Wildman. So basically most states have an unkempt stinky guy running around the forest. They're basically found everywhere. Right. All different names. Yeah. But not one fucking body. A story from 1924 often referred to as the Battle of Ape Canyon presents miners being attacked by large hairy ape ape men that threw rocks into the cabin roof from a nearby cliff after one of the miners allegedly shot one with a rifle. Fuck. In Fug- Get the body. In Fug- ate it. Sorry, I was speculating that they ate the body. In Fook, Arkansas, in 1971, a family reported that a large, hair-covered creature startled a woman after reaching through a window. This alleged incident was later deemed a hoax. Hmm. 
but yet it's still called the Fook Monster. <laughs> the Fook Monster. In 1974, the New York Times presented the dubious tale of Albert Ostman, a Canadian prospector who started stated that he was kidnapped and held captive by a family of Bigfoot for six days in 1924. We're gonna, I remember this story. Yeah, we're going to cover these stories a mm. little bit later in more depth. So okay. um, in right. 2021, the Hulu documentary series Sasquatch describes marijuana farmers telling stories of Bigfoot harassing and killing people in the Emerald Triangle region in the 1970s through the 90s. Dude, Kyle, Kyle, what are you shooting at? Oh, it's a Sasquatch, dude. They've come for our weed. What the fuck are you talking about? One of them tried to butter my muffin. They're moving in on their turf, selling drugs that they should. It's our drugs. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. We're selling drugs. And specifically, the alleged murder of three migrant workers in 1993. I brought Blame this it on up. the Sasquatch. Sure. I did. I brought this up in uh, another episode of our Inside, Inside Shit. Shit. Yeah. yeah. And we talked about this a little bit. It's so interesting. Yeah. Invest- Check that out if you can. It's on Hulu. Yeah. it's. I thought it was called uh, Bigfoot, but it's actually called Sasquatch. Unforgivable. Investigative journalist David Holdhouse attributes the stories to illegal drug operations using the local Bigfoot lore to scare away competition, specifically superstitious immigrants. And that the high rate of murder and missing persons in the area is attributed to human action. Right. There have also been reports of dogs allegedly being killed by a Bigfoot. In the early 90s, 911 audio recordings were made in public. There have also been reports of dogs allegedly being killed by a Bigfoot. Well, that really kills my sympathy for Bigfoot. Fuck you, Bigfoot. In the early 90s... 911 audio recordings were made public in which a homeowner in Kitsap County, Washington, called law enforcement for assistance with a large subject, described him as being all in black, having entered his backyard. He previously reported to law enforcement that his dog was killed recently uh-huh. when it was thrown over his fence. Hey, hey fuck you, big feces. Don't be messing with man's best friend. We can mobilize with shotguns in 45 minutes. Anthropologist Jeffrey Meldrum notes that any large predatory animal is potentially dangerous to humans. Because they're biters. Specifically, if provoked. But indicates that most anecdotal accounts of Bigfoot encounters result in the creature hiding or fleeing from people. We do want to do terrible things to them. And they probably know that. Some amateur researchers have reported the creatures moving or taking possession of intentional gifts left by humans, such as food and jewelry, and leaving items in their place, such as rocks and twigs. I gave him a fucking sandwich, and all he gave me was this fucking twig. Dude, calm down, bro. Fuck that motherfucker. I worked hard. Bigfoot probably doesn't understand currency exchange rates, bro. Skeptics argue that many of these alleged human interactions are easily hoaxed, the result of misidentification or are outright fabrications. Right. So that's our introduction. Okay. So now uh, I, I don't didn't know about all those names. I didn't realize that the whole country had a different name for it. Yeah. There's a lot like, of them. That we just need a, a no. It's they're all Bigfoot. Yeah. So well, we they can, all. But they all. The interesting thing is they all range in size and appearance. So I was wrong. None of them are Bigfoot. They're all different. You right. know, there's, they all look like Bigfoot, evidently. Well, it's, it's uh, some sort of bipedal, you know, monkey you know, guy. Some of them have more hair. Some of them have less. Some of them are a bit smaller. Right. The it, Alma. Re- it reminds me of just humans. Right. You know what I mean? Where we're all, you can't say that everyone is between, you know, five and six feet tall. That, that's not how it works. Right. You can't say all of us have brown hair or blonde hair. That's not how it works either. Right. So, so, so we know. need to treat these Bigfoot with respect, is what you're saying. <laughs> and we need to reach out to them and, you know, maybe 
do some sort of uh, you know program. Maybe get them. We can go to their schools. They can go to our schools. <laughs> I don't know. Um, All right, I'm going to move on to some of the best stories that I found. Let's do some Bigfoot stories. Legends of the Bigfoot. Eh? A youth group was camping in the Marble Mountain Wilderness when leader Jim Mills noticed a strange-looking creature skulking along a nearby ridge. Look at him skulking. He filmed it for nearly seven minutes, making the longest video of an alleged Bigfoot sighting. I've seen some of that. Here's another weird Bigfoot thing. British explorer Eric Earl Shipton snapped a photo while trekking through the Himalayas in 1951, alleging that the footprint belonged to a Yeti. In 2014, Christie's Auction House in London capitalized on this, the worldwide interest of this picture, and they sold the original photo for nearly $5,000. Hmm. What about this fucking story about Bigfoot? The Independence Day film, a remarkably clear video, shows an alleged adult Bigfoot walking through the woods with a baby in tow. Ew. The filmmaker and exact location are unknown, and many skeptics claim that there is a telling visible seam in the gorilla suit. So... There's that one. Really? I watched it. Very, very interesting. I didn't see a seam. Huh. But, well, you know, I'm not a... I'm not trained to see I'm seams in monkey suits. Though, I'm either. not either. Yeah. How dare you? But I've, I found it... It was super cute. Was it? It was adorable. I've seen that one too, I think. Yeah. It was but super, it's just, super cute. It's, they're all filmed on potatoes compared to what we... you know. We're so going to cover difficult. why this is difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Later yeah. on as we get down. And what about this tale, oh big feet? In 2007, hunter Rick Jacobs captured some of the most famous Bigfoot images to date with a camera mounted to a tree in Pennsylvania's Allegheny National Forest. Hmm. His camera also captured clear photos of bear cubs offering evidence that the unidentified animal was not ursine Hmm. or a bear. bear. But skeptics believe the animal is just a bear sick with mange. Hey there, fellow bear. I don't mean to be rude, but uh, what the fuck's wrong with you? I've got the mange. Well, you look terrible. Don't even look like a bear anymore. Kind of look like a man. I know. They keep trying to come and talk to me. Sorry about your mange. I'm just Uh, walking around on his back legs. It's like, what's up? Right. I don't know how that's... when I, if I have mange, I'm going to be walking down on all fours. So well, maybe it works the opposite for bears. There was hair, but there wasn't a lot. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. I saw these pictures too, and it actually less like Bigfoot and more like, um, you know how hyenas have longer front legs than they do back legs? Yeah. He kind of had that appearance to it. Oh. So what is that? Uh, a Wendigo? Yeah, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. so. Yeah. So that's more what it looked like than Bigfoot. Huh. Then there's this fucking story. In 1994, former U.S. Forest Patrolman Paul Freeman claimed he saw a family of big feet. Big feet. Big feet. Bigfoot. Big fight. Bigfoot. Big fatigue. Big feets. Feet eye. I don't know what. Sasquatch. What's, what's Sam Squatch? Okay. In 1994. Former U.S. Forest Patrolman Paul Freeman claimed he saw a family of Bigfoot in Washington's Blue Mountains. The video is shaky and grainy, but has been deemed the real deal by so-called Bigfoot experts. The dorks of the geek nerds, right? So it was another one that was kind of interesting. And these, most of these are short. They are uh, super short because these animals How dare you? don't like to be bothered. I feel that. And you've, I think these people have just scared the shit out of them, so mm. they're running away. Mm. Anybody who's found a deer, the deer gets startled and runs, and you try and whip out your camera and get a video, you're going to get, you know, 
two and a half seconds and that's all you're going to get. And it's going to be shaky because you're like, ah, right. I need to get this in the frame. Yeah. Right. Plus the aliens told Bigfoot, like, do not get caught by a human. <sighs> this is how it's going to be. You don't want that. They will this part is, you out. They, well, they, they, they want to know what makes you were tick. right. They were right. Yes. We tried to warn you about the humans, monkey man. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? They will put makeup on you. Yeah. Pray to Bebus Bordak that you do not taste good. I don't know if I'd be against it if they held me for breeding purposes, though. I'm warning you. Mississippi resident Josh Highcliffe captured video of a potential Bigfoot while hunting on his, his own property in 2013. But afraid to go back into the woods, he posted the footage to YouTube asking for help to identify the animal or for a prankster to please come forward. Right. Because he's, he's afraid to go out on his property now. Mm. Uh, here's another weird fucking Bigfoot story. A hiker was walking through the Utah hills near, near Provo Canyon in 2012 when he spotted a large animal in the woods. As he approached, the animal stood up on two legs and started throwing rocks at him. Hmm. Supposedly a, a trademark behavior of Sasquatch. Of bears. Bears usually throw <laughs> rocks at folk. And Bigfoot tales aren't just North American. Here's this one. So there's an interesting event that happened in Russia that some attribute to Bigfoot. They call it the Dilatov Pass incident. Okay. I'm not sure if, if you remember uh, reading this when you were doing some research, but we'll go over it. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Nine Soviet trekkers died in the northern Ural Mountains between the 1st and 2nd of February 1959 under unknown circumstances. The experienced trekking group from the Ural Polytechnical Institute, led by Igor Dilatov, had established a camp on the eastern slopes of the mountain. Overnight, something caused them to cut their way out of the tent and flee the campsite while inadequately dressed for the heavy snowfall and sub-zero temperatures. Oh, that's right. They were running out. They were half naked, basically. Like, yeah. In their yeah, after, or something. after the group's bodies were discovered, an investigation by Soviet authorities determined that six of them had died from hypothermia, while the other three had been killed by physical trauma. One victim had major skull damage, two had severe chest trauma, and another had a small crack in his skull. Four of the bodies were found lying in running water in a creek, and three of these, four, had damaged soft tissue of the head and face. Peace. Two of the bodies had missing eyes. What? Yeah. One had a missing tongue. Okay. And one, just the eyebrows were missing. Well, fucking um, yeah. weird. Very interesting. The investigation concluded that a compelling natural force had caused the deaths. Numerous theories have been put forward to account for the unexplained deaths, including animal attacks, hypothermia, and avalanche. Because avalanche will just remove the brows right, every time. You want eyes. wax those brows. Yep, sounds get like, into bulbs in avalanche. It sounds like Sasquatch was trying to build like a replica. I know. Him. It's like building a little doll or some shit. Like, this human, yeah, mm-hmm. bad. Well, there's catabotic winds, infrasound-induced panic, military involvement, or some combination of any of these factors. Um, amongst those theories are Yeti attack, though. Right. They did throw that in there. Most likely scenario. Uh Arguably, the most famous and influential Bigfoot footage is the 1967 film shot by Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin in Northern California. Let's talk about the Patterson footage and the controversies around it. The Bigfoot walk it depicts has been parodied by many, but never truly replicated. No. Uh, Even with uh, an enhanced image, it's hard to tell if it's a person in a gorilla suit or the real deal. I'm kind of an outlier. I think it's aliens in a monkey suit. I watched so many videos on this. Right. uh, So many interviews and things. And I really dug into this. And today... 
and yesterday and the day before, my mind was kind of changed and I'm, I don't want to say it was changed completely. However, in the process of this research, if anything, I'm really pissed at the person who said that they were in the suit. Right. Cause they, I, I mean, and we're going to get to that. We're right. going to get to that. But There's hoaxes on hoaxes on hoaxes. Oh, it's so this. just, it's so upsetting. It's interesting though. So let's, we'll so find out. Let me, so the first question I asked myself is was the Patterson Gimlin film ever proven to be a hoax? I thought it was. I know that I had read and I'd heard through the grapevine this and that that it was a hoax, and I was disappointed by that. Right. Plus, when you can I heard see the it. watch. I think that you can see the guy's watch in this. I'm kidding. Uh, no. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> but I, I was, I was like, ah, that's the coolest thing. Mm. Oh well, never mind. And I was disappointed by it. Right. Um, but honestly, the short answer is no. Really. Uh, they thought they had disapproved it, right. but they really have not. And this is why. Aliens and time travel. Uh, you can ask, what about the, like I asked myself, what about the rumors? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what about the rumor that one of the people who helped obtain the footage confessed to wearing a costume? Because right. that's what has stuck in my head was that disappointing Absolutely. statement. Yeah. I, I have a friend that's like, I know the guy. I talked to the guy mm-hmm. that yeah. was in the, the suit. Oh, in the suit? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there's like 15 people that have claimed to be in the oh, suit. Oh, yeah. We'll yeah, so that, sure. there are, in fact, several different stories involving several different people yeah. who claimed or were suspected to be the man in the costume. Right. Logically, if the stories involve current uh, different culprits, then most of the stories must be completely bogus. I mean, if you have six stories where everyone says they're the guy, at least five of them are lying. That's right. You know? Uh, because not everybody who made the claim of being the guy in the costume was the guy in the costume. Right. There was only one guy. In the so costume. there's there's lies going on Unless from the very no beginning. Yeah. Right. Some of these bogus stories have been commercially exploited in books and TV documentaries. By the way, I was the guy in the suit. <laughs> I wasn't born yet, but I was the guy. Buy my book. Yeah. Um. This is how most people have heard that the Patterson footage was proven to be a hoax, was through TV documentaries mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. A quick YouTube search will present you with most of the most influential documentaries and some relevant background information on most influential rumor of all, the Hieronymus Confession. Okay. However, in January 2010, new information was presented, which graphically demonstrated that all of those costume stories were falsified. Really? A new documentary on the National Geographic channel titled American Paranormal Bigfoot presented some compelling math and anatomy to show that it's not a costume at all. Mm-hmm. It may not be. Okay. The strategy for analysis of the Patterson creature built upon strategies employed in prior documentaries, namely Sasquatch, Legend Meets Science, and at least one episode of Monster Quest on the History Channel. Right. These three different examinations all mutually corroborate each other in various ways. The mathematical data of the latest examination gives a more precise measurement of the Patterson creature's height. Okay. Okay, so that That's is important. seven feet, six and a half inches tall. Fuck. Yeah. Really? Yes, with a 15 and a half inch foot size. Am I Bigfoot? I have a 16. Hieronymus. Maximus. The guy who says he was a guy in the suit, the one that blew this whole thing wide open. Right. Yeah, he's five foot ten. Okay. Just Well, saying. he could be wearing, uh, you know, big 
Gene Simmons boots or something. Well, right. if you've seen the video, you'll yeah, also would, yeah. know that that seemed the, like a natural walk. The the it like he wasn't wearing high heels or some shit. Exactly. Well, it was. If you watch the video, you'll also see that the distance between the heel and the knee, and the distance between the the knee and the hip, the bottom part of the leg is quite a bit shorter than the upper part of the leg. So. You've got the upper part, which is the femur, looks relatively um, in ratio with the rest of the body. It's all Fibonacci and shit. But the bottom part is quite a bit shorter and the foot is large. So it's unless, and I was thinking, well, maybe he was wearing uh, platforms of some kind, or maybe he was like in the suit. Maybe there was some type of whatever. It can't be done. Right. Uh, which we, what was, we need is experts on monkey suits at the time. To, to in 19 in. yeah in 1967 yeah, right they need to it, weigh in and be well, like let's, well let's go check out planet of the apes when did that come out 1969 1970 something like that yeah. all right look at those costumes right take a look at the costumes in that show and compare them to the patterson film right uh they've done that oh, yeah. and the yeah. patterson film blows those costumes out of the water and those were expensive hollywood costumes yeah hollywood well, some, did that. some of them the well, main ones were i'm sure so the newest um i'm going to touch on and i, I didn't hmm. write a lot of this in here but i'm going to touch on a few points here okay in these uh the monster quest episode um the Na- national geographics uh these three films i watched right so they cover specific things not just the size of the creature but the body mechanics of how this creature moves for one in the film they also process the original film and duplication of the film under a microscopic at a microscopic level right i i real quick in the Mm -hmm. in the 70s i think it was leonard nimoy and i think charleston charlton heston they Mm -hmm. both did they were both convinced you know they're two actors Mm -hmm. they were both convinced of this shit and they're part of these shows you know like unsolved this or Mm -hmm. like mysterious that right uh and they were they showed this kind of thing where they broke down the body mechanics they Mm -hmm. went frame by frame the most interesting part to me just to throw this in there is that a lot of dudes, a lot of the people that are saying that they were in the suit, mm-hmm. well, if they were, you know, the wrong size or whatever, but there was a, there was a big guy in Walla Walla that's mm-hmm. like, wow, fuck yeah. And he's kind of like a tough guy. Right. And it, but it's a female suit. Right. That's the thing that right. all the experts are saying the most. Bre- like, well, it has got, breasts. It has breasts. It's like, there's no macho guy in fucking <laughs> macho town that's going to be like, put me in a female monkey suit in yep. 1960. They're just not. They're just not. Especially in this area. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, no. it's not happening. It's possible. So, yeah. You want to be, you want to look like you can punch a cow in this area, especially back then. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is through the, um, the the methods that they put this under the microscope and they actually examined this uh, film with forensic techniques, uh, modern day forensic techniques. I think they did this in 2017. Hmm. They really put this film uh, through the the ringer. What they came out with was fascinating. First hmm. of all, where they thought the mouth of the creature was is not at all where the mouth of the creature was. They have discovered it was that in its butt. They have discovered that the the creature on the Patterson film actually opens its mouth. They're actually able to see this. So you can see the mouth open up like it's trying to maybe clear spit out of its mouth or maybe it was going to make a noise. Fuck you. Get that camera off me, motherfucker. So you can see it open its mouth. When it opens its mouth, you can see the muscle movement in the face. Wow. Fascinating. That's not how masks work. That is not how masks work. Hmm. Additionally, you can see the muscle movement in the back, in the arms, and in the thighs Hmm. as it's walking. 
So, uh, so it would be a very expensive suit. It, in 1967, I'm not sure how they would have done it. Somebody that was maybe into making really expensive suits mm, on their own time maybe. could have done something like that for sure. Right. And I think that was one of the, the things. It's like, well, where was this guy? Exactly. Was... Why isn't he working for Hollywood? Well, maybe he was, and he's fucking around. Because <clears throat> people in, in you know have high sense of humor. Sometimes you get that perfect storm of somebody where they have the power, mm-hmm. they have the ability, and they have the sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And it's like, let's troll the world. Okay. And it happens all the time. But it, the motivation for that is, Well, if you know, that's if that's the case, I, if honest, honestly, if that's the case, I really think that the guy that we're going to talk about next was also trolled. Uh, I, I've listened to several interviews with this guy, and I learned a bunch about his history, and he is not the kind of guy... I don't know. Maybe he's, I'm being trolled too, but right. I just don't get the feeling that this guy is a liar. You're giving him the benefit of the doubt. I just don't feel like he's a liar. Okay. And I don't think he's lied for 40 years. Hieronymus, fucking liar. Ooh. Yeah. Well, and we get sued. Get the lawyers ready. Just saying. Tim, get the lawyer ready. <laughs> so we're going to. Tim's we're gonna, responsible for lawyers now. That's not good. So we're going to um, move into the Patterson film debunking and a little bit of history and some information there. Because that's. I spent a lot of time here. Right. Um, because curious. of my disappointment that it was a hoax. And now I got to not dig so sure. through stuff and now I'm not so sure it not was so a hoax. Sure. <clears throat> so here we go. It's certainly the best video that we've seen. It's still of anything depicting what a Bigfoot looks like. <laughs> even off, I mean, yeah. Hollywood is, has had a hard time making it look like that. Yeah. So well, and and it's been stated. Although, remember that Harry and the Hendersons? Fuck yeah, bro! You I don't remember Harry don't, and the Hendersons? I don't think I ever <gasps> watched that movie. <gasps> no, I don't. John think Lithgow's ever saw in that shit. It that is best. This is his best movie. He should have won four Oscars for that and a Grammy because his voice was great. I think it probably came out when I was too old to be watching kids' movies. Oh, what, what year to come out? Kids' movies. How dare you? Kid, when I was a kid. Oh, it, when I watched them when I was a kid. Okay. It was probably 80s. I think it was 80s. Yeah, maybe see? early, maybe 90 or something. Yeah. 87. People are listening like, I got to go check out <laughs> I wonder how it holds up. Remember the cat? Remember how he loved the cat? I think. I don't know. That might be a gorilla movie. I, was I, don't, I don't. I'm confusing. I don't know. Anywho. I didn't get to watch the movie. I know. Well, it's maybe fun we reminiscing need to watch with you. it. I'm reminiscing with the, you know, with all with your the listeners. Yes. The peoples. Okay, so between the beginning of 1996 and the end of 1999, a new crop of Patterson film debunking blossomed as large segments of the North American population were connecting to the internet for the first time. Hmm. Some of those claims were promoted by clever opportunists. A handful of these rumors received regional press attention, and even a few received national press attention. However, the stories did not corroborate each other. They were all contradictory in their details, Hmm. but they all claimed to debunk the Patterson footage. Hmm. After a while, it became old news to hear more stories claiming to be the, quote, final resolution of the mystery. Right, that boring. yeah. Yeah. Ironically, the most influential rumor floating around today is the one inadvertently promoted by the National Geographic Channel a few years back in 2005. The series title was, Is It Real? The episode title was Bigfoot. Horny and uncut. The episode featured a new person confessing to be the man in the costume. His name is Bob Hieronymus. Hey there, Bob. Millions of people apparently saw that episode or heard about it from others because this seems to be what comes up in Bigfoot conversations today. His confession has even found its way into foreign publications describing nature mysteries around the world. Exactly what he wanted if he was a hoaxer. Yeah. 
Hoax and the hoaxies. At least this man lived in Yakima, where Patterson was from. Hmm. Hieronymus claims he was friends with Roger Patterson and accompanied Patterson and Gimlin to NorCal, Northern California, with his costume. Patterson's widow says he's lying. Ouch. Okay. Bob Gimlin says he's lying. Double ouch. No one couldn't corroborate Hieronymus's claim that he accompanied Patterson and Gimlin. Wow, that's one of the reddest flags of all. Various living witnesses near Bluff Creek say Patterson and Gimlin were not accompanied by anyone. It was just the two of them. No one ever saw Hieronymus with those two. Additionally... Hieronymus didn't know where they went exactly or which route they took. Whoopsie. Interesting, since Gimlin knows exactly where it happened decades later. He might just be a dumb kind. Roger Patterson apparently knew Bob Hieronymus before he obtained the footage in 1967. Hmm. Patterson had been wanting to film a low-budget documentary on the subject of Bigfoot. He organized some people in Yakima for some stock scenes on horseback for his film. Bob Hieronymus was apparently one of those people, but that appears to be the extent of his association with Roger. Well, fuck. In the nine years between the widely publicized jury crew tracks in October 1958 and the Patterson-Gimlin footage in October of 1967, several people... In the Northwest had the idea of making a documentary about the Bigfoot mystery, but only a few actually made progress in that direction. Patterson was apparently the only one among them who was willing and capable of leading extended horsepacking trips into the mountains where tracks were often seen, down around Bluff Creek, California. Hieronymus may have looked for a different way to obtain footage, a much easier way closer to home. Being a liar, liar, pants on fire. Hieronymus was aware of the widespread interest in the topic. Based on his own statements, it's not a stretch to assume that he looked upon the mystery as an opportunity for cashing in somehow. Maybe. He may have acquired his own cheap gorilla suit costume. It was popular at the uh, time. Before 1967 in preparation for hoaxing his own footage. <laughs> totally, totally. There are statements from people around Yakima who recall Hieronymus having some kind of furry costume in his trunk during that period. You said he had something in his trunk? It was like a monkey suit, but it could have been a dead hobo too, I don't know. And remember his claims that he would try to fool some people with it. So there may have been a costume in his possession in the mid-1960s, but he didn't hang on to it, nor did anyone take photos of him wearing it. Right, okay. Hieronymus is, in fact, one of Bob Gimlin's neighbors, but Gimlin had little social contact with him over the years. Gimlin has boarded and trained horses for decades. It was not uncommon for him to board horses of his neighbors. And during the late 1960s, one of the horses he boarded was owned by Hieronymus. Okay. It was, in fact, Hieronymus's horse that Bob brought down to Bluff Creek in 1967. Okay. I thought that was interesting. If Hieronymus had felt left out of Patterson's project by 1967, it may have added insult to injury to learn that his own horse was used by Gimlin on the trip that made him and Patterson famous. And I'm sure the horse was a real cunt about it, too. They didn't want you, Hieronymus. They wanted fucking me. For a talking horse, you're a real dick. After remaining silent about the Patterson film for nearly 30 years to protect his wife's job as a bank officer, Bob Gimlin finally attended his first Bigfoot conference in Willow Creek, California in 2003. 
Now, he periodically speaks about Bigfoot conferences across the country. His name sells out auditoriums. People come from far and wide to meet him and ask him personally about the incident at Bluff Creek that day in 1967. And he is sick of it. Old timers around Yakima delicately hint at the contrast between the two Bobs, though. Hmm. That was kind of interesting. Bob versus Bob. Some Patterson film bullshit, yeah? One of the people who helped shape the Hieronymus story for the press is a notorious publicity scam artist named Cal Korf, a man described by national radio talk show host Art Bell as the most brazen media deceiver in the country. Wow. He is more well-known among UFO research circles and JFK assassination conspiracy circles. Hmm. I know that world. Smells of Hot Pockets, Aluminum Foil, Mama's Basement, Weed, Masturbation, Oil, and Tears. I call it my early 20s. Korf is a curious species of self-promoter. You can actually find him on YouTube in various interviews and ascertain his personality for yourself. Just look it up. Mm. And it's Korf. K-O-R-F-F is his last name. The reason Gimlin was involved with the Patterson footage to begin with was because of his reputation as a talented horseman. Patterson needed the toughest, most dependable horseman he could find for that 1967 trip in the mountains of Northern California. Everyone knew Gimlin was the best of the best in the region when it came to that sort of venture and the sort of adventure Patterson was proposing. Yakima folks say Bob Hieronymus, by contrast, was always an underachiever since he was a child. His bare minimum work ethic won him no admirers in the community. He didn't have many friends compared to Gimlin. Gimlin had rather large circle of friends in Yakima Valley. Additionally, Hieronymus lives right down the street from Bob and Judy Gimlin. Compared to the Hieronymus property, the Gimlins seem to have done very nicely for themselves. Mm. The Gimlins' home has always been well-maintained and nicely painted, and the la- and landscaped was always nicely manicured. The Gimlins always had nice vehicles in their driveway, and the Hieronymus family could just never keep up with those Joneses. That's what people were saying. Okay. It is assumed that this was a formula for envy in a small western town in the 1960s. Mm. Hieronymus had been telling people in Yakima bars for years that he would someday find a way to make money off the Patterson footage, like his famous neighbor did. And he did. But Gimlin never made any money off the film, although many people thought that he did. You'd think he would. Um, they just assumed that he did. And right. To this day, he's never made any money off the film. I mean, he'll, he goes and talks at stuff. But they pay for his travel and his hookers hotels. I knew it was an H word. So he's, he's got to have had, you know, somebody's got to give him a pendants or something. Well, maybe, maybe a cash payment. I don't know. But yeah, it's been looked into and, and they can't find that he's received anything. And he says he doesn't want to be paid for this stuff because of this guy. Pittance? Pittance. What did Pittance, I say? You said, I don't know what you said. I said something stupid. Go ahead. Moving along. When Hieronymus was asked, though, during an in-depth on-camera interview why he was coming forward 40 years after the fact, his reply confused the interviewer a bit. Hieronymus said, quote, all these people have been making money off that footage for years. It's my turn now. Oh, what End a, quote. Oh <clears throat> that says a lot about that human being. Yep. He was referring to all the other people who had claimed to be involved with the footage who Hieronymus assumed made money from their claims. And it was time for him to get a piece of that action. That's his whole point. All right. Gimlin's life story is an inspiring one. Especially compared to that other Bob. It was a progression of achievements, then harsh setbacks, and then even bigger achievements. Today, in his 70s, Gimlin still works part-time as a horse trainer. 
Gimlin's wife, Judy, also worked diligently for decades. She began as a bank teller at the oldest savings and loan in Yakima. She eventually advanced to the rank of corporate officer for that savings and loan chain. She retired a few years ago after 40 years with the same employer. At one point during their younger years, Gimlin and Hieronymus were both hired by the same large industrial employer in Yakima, along with many other men. In time, Bob Gimlin became a valuable employee of the company, whereas Bob Hieronymus showed little motivation and opted to perform light janitorial work around the facility. He swept up a bit, changed a sprinkler head every so often, and spent a lot of time in the coffee room. His supervisors eventually transferred him to a different facility. There he kept busy stacking empty pallets and making deliveries of sodas. From Hieronymus's own statements, one can sense his envy of Gimlin's prosperity and his feeling of being cheated out of that same level of prosperity. We see the case you're building. The lawyers are standing by. Hieronymus wanted to believe and wanted his wife to believe that Gimlin's overall success was a product of a dishonest scheme right. rather than the product of a good work ethic. Mm. So no matter what Gimlin did and how much he achieved, Hieronymus always said that he was cheating someone, stealing from someone, lying so about... Just, he had a laser focus on this he guy. He was, it seems to me, since high school, he was just obsessed with this guy. Wow. For many years, Hieronymus grumbled to folks in Yakima bars that his neighbor's good fortune did not come from honest work, but rather from the proceeds of the Patterson footage. The primary writer of the book promoting the new quote-unquote confession is a man named Greg Long. Now, there's a book that came out. Hieronymus hooked up with a writer, and they produced a book. Greg Long came to this book project with a definite agenda for casting doubt and aspersions on the Patterson creature. His path to undermining the creature was to characterize the filmographer as a petty crook. Hmm. New people around Yakima are talking about their dealings with him and the stories they say he distorted and stretched in his book. So you think Patterson's real fuckhead, huh? No, he said he was kind and thoughtful. Right, huge cunt. No, he's a sweetie. The book was designed to attach itself to any future debate about the subject, a debate that has become a fixture in many writing and journalism classes at the high school level and the undergrad level. Sasquatch versus the state of Washington. Gimlin's association with the famous footage and the common assumption that it was a hoax became such an annoyance to him and his wife by the end of the 1970s that he eventually refused to speak about the, pu the matter publicly for nearly three decades. Yeah, because all the dorks. Until he learned his neighbor's phony story about wearing the costume. Mm. That's when Gimlin finally broke his long silence. Up with which a Ghibli shall not put. When Greg Long was assembling the book featuring Hieronymus's confession, Gimlin was not yet talking. The parasitic trio, Long, Korf, and Hieronymus, assumed he never would talk to the press mm. because he had avoided the press during the previous Patterson debunking scams for 30 years. He never said anything. Whoopsie. That was a bad gamble, though. Nowadays, Gimlin attends Bigfoot conferences every so often, and he's not shy to discuss things, especially the untruths of Hieronymus, Korf, and Long. 
their dishonest claims about himself and about Roger Patterson. Good for him. And I'm glad he warmed to the dorks. Okay, so Hieronymus's late-blooming confession is debunkable in various ways. Mm-hmm. And I wrote these down because I wanted to cover it. Um, <laughs> so you're not a fan of this guy. I, he pissed me off. Yeah. He really pissed me off. Can that's, you tell he pissed me off? Yeah. Okay, he made me irritated. He right. didn't piss me off. He just was irritating. Well, you don't believe him for one. I don't believe him. And I don't like injustice. Right. And this is injustice Seems to like me. It. Fair enough. In 2005, a Seattle television station produced an episode for Evening Magazine, which focused on the Hieronymus claims. This program took a much more critical approach than the Is It Real segment with Hieronymus. They also included clips of Canadian author John Green refuting the claims of Hieronymus. Mm. Even though the Hieronymus story is proven to be bogus, Many people will claim that they heard the Patterson footage was proven to be a hoax for years to come because of him and that 2005 Nat Geo documentary. And also you can tell the Bigfoot's wearing hiking boots. The Patterson film still has tremendous significance for Bigfoot research, though. The dorks won't let it go. To the public, it represents both the purported creature and the controversy over its reality. It would be rad if it's real. To most Bigfoot researchers, the Patterson film is what it appears to be a unique peek at a surviving giant ape species in North America. Right. For a few years now, they've wanted to put this uh, latest false confession to rest because of how it affects attitudes towards the subject and public perceptions about the overall Bigfoot-related evidence. Bigfoot is fucking stupid, you <laughs> fucking dumb fuck stupid. That's generally the attitude you get. Yep. Yeah. If the Patterson footage is fake, then how can anyone have confidence that any other Bigfoot footage could be true? Right. If you take a look at the footage provided in these documentaries, quite clearly, the figure in the Patterson footage has a different skeleton than Hieronymus. He is completely, he's uh, over a foot taller than the guy. Right, that is weird. Well, two feet, five, ten. Yeah, seven, six. He's almost two feet taller. Right, yeah. <laughs> Quite a bit bigger than this guy. There are very w- various ways to demonstrate that Hieronymus's confession is fake. Number one. He's our dipshit, by the way, this week. Hieronymus has given three contradictory versions of his confession to various journalists. That's not good. His story keeps changing contradictory regarding the costume description specifically he has changed his description of the costume dramatically three separate times Mm. the contradictions are so blatant that the only reasonable explanation is that the whole story is fake Mm -hmm. number two hieronymus is still not able to demonstrate a matching costume even with expert assistance as the Hieronymus crew continues to introduce new costumes to more closely approximate the Patterson creature, the more obvious it is that Hieronymus didn't have anything to do with it the first time either. <laughs> Number three. I took the cup holder out of that one. Does that yeah. look more real? What the fuck are you doing, Hieronymus? Hieronymus does not know anything about the route to get to the film site. And it's almost as if he was never there. Hmm. Thanks for coming to the press conference. I'll answer any questions. Yes, Drake Biombe, Scottcast News. Do you tell us about the trip? No, I cannot. All right. Do you remember where it was approximately? No fucking clue. Do you remember anything about the event at all? No, I do not. Okay, great press conference. His explanation for why he never asked for the $1,000 from Gimlin or Patterson doesn't make any sense. Uh, Many things in his confession make no sense. They told him they would give him $1,000 if he wore the suit. That's his claim. Okay. That he did it for a thousand bucks. But However, then he never got paid. He never got paid. And he didn't fight them for the money. Okay. All right. So when Hieronymus is asked why he's telling his story to the public 40 years later, he says, and I money. shit you not, quote, 
it's my turn now, right. end quote, referring to the other scammers who've made claims about the footage in previous years. Right. Number six, the comparative visuals clearly show that the Patterson creature has a different skeleton than Bob Hieronymus, or any human for that matter. Plot twist, it's a robot from the future, dressed as a monkey. When the Terminator came back from the future dressed as a monkey, we knew shit was seriously fucked up in the future, but we didn't listen and we fucked shit up anyway, oh well. Three contradictory versions of the Hieronymus confession. Okay. Number one, costume description. Hieronymus said Roger Pattison killed a red horse and made the costume from its heavy hide. What? Now these are quotes from Bob Hieronymus in 2001. Roger skinned out a dead horse. Weird. The costume smelled. Probably. It weighed maybe 20, 25 pounds. It was a bit heavy. Horse hide would be heavy. It was made of three parts. It had legs. It had a corset or a middle piece between the neck and the waist, and it had a head. Okay. Maybe Where's, just out there in the woods, just, yep, just fabricating yep, a very, just very... Just making a very detailed costume. class costume. Out of a horse. It's entirely possible. Version number two. I, I, think, I think I'm sold on that one. Hieronymus uh, subsequently agrees that the costume was a simple gorilla costume manufactured by Morris Costumes in North, Northern Carolina in the 1960s. In this second version of his confession, the fur of the creature was Dynell nylon thread stitched to a woven cloth backing. Nothing like the hide of a dead red horse that he had previously described. Much less gross. This dramatic modification of his original confession was prompted by a publicity-hungry costume maker in northern uh, North Carolina named Philip Morris. Morris also wanted to take some credit for the Patterson footage somehow and possibly market a new costume. He also wants a lot of Chitrin to smoke cigarettes. <laughs> Although Morris has no record showing the sale of a costume to Roger Patterson, he is nevertheless certain that he provided the costume used in the famous footage. Well, give me the money. Morris claims that a man named Roger Patterson bought a discount gorilla costume. Somehow he remembers that sale, though there is no record of it. He also claims he recognized the gorilla costume when he saw the Patterson footage on TV one day. Okay. Okay. Version number three, costume description. Sometime after costume description number two, Hieronymus and Morris came up with a new costume replica of the Patterson creature, which Morris said he could make more duplicates of for seven to $8,000 if anybody wanted to buy one. Oh, well, good. The latest costume is a custom-made, latex-enhanced, non-stretchy, quirky creation. It is a very far cry from what Hollywood special effects folks say would have been required, and nothing like the simple gorilla costume that Morris originally claimed was sold to Patterson in the 1960s, which Morris claimed he recognized on TV when he saw the Patterson footage. Right. So these fucking... <clears throat> right. So these and don't look like the monkey that you see in the film. No. Right. No. And you can find all of this. And they're trying to make it look like the monkey. They're trying... And they keep fucking it up. Right. There's... There, yeah, there's there's nothing. So I'm, I'm going with a skin and a horse, a dead horse Maybe. in the woods. Yeah, but that's... Okay, it was seven feet, eight, seven foot eight with um, his stride and all the math, all of the mathematicians it got, and they watched this thing. Right, I remember seeing He's it, yeah. seven foot eight. So you need enough horse hair to cover a seven foot eight, roughly 800 pound looking... Robot from the future. Creature. Yeah. From head to toe. Plus, while you're out there, you have to construct a helmet head with a mouth that will open and close and eyelids that blink. And then you got to teach Hieronymus how to do the, the nice gate. Yeah, and he has to get, to, get, the, get he's got to right. gain two feet in height. 
Well, I mean, they put platform shoes on. There's a mound for a head. I mean, you could put a maybe, guy in a maybe. suit. Yeah, but how are you going to get the feet, the toes move? I mean, right. There is know, something about that because that kind of prosthetic people that have prosthetics, right. they know it's not detailed like exactly. that. And they're expensive without the details. So, And this is 1967. Right. So. Anyways, it's very interesting. It, it's something that it's, I'm. I'm ending. I'm like the, I'm like America, where mm-hmm. I put this all off. I mean, mm-hmm. even after doing the oh, bigfoot yeah. studies that I did, I kind of mm-hmm. put it all away. It's like that's the best thing, but it mm-hmm. all everything seems fake now. Fuck mm-hmm. it. Fuck all of you. I did the same thing. I'm sick of you. And that's why this pissed me off so much. Because right. when I started digging, I'm like, motherfucker. Right. He lied. And he ruined my childhood. Exactly. This guy <laughs> pissed in my Cheerios. He did. Fucking fuck you. Okay. There is so, a Santa Claus. Fuck you. Hieronymus. Uh, that, is, that ends my rant on Hieronymus and the Patterson footage. Right. Uh, so I, there is question. Yes, there whether is. Whether or not that shit's legit or not. It, there is. The challenge Go we're facing now is that most of the world has... Uh, are they're just resigned since 2005 to the fact that the Patterson footage has been hoaxed and they'll never look at it again because most of them probably felt the way I did. They're like, oh, this was so interesting. That mm-hmm. sucks. Fucking fakers. Never yeah. mind. Before we get to stories, let's have a Bigfoot activity time. <laughs> I'd like to take a moment and do a activity together. Okay. So... Um, we're going to do a build your own Bigfoot sighting. And the reason I'm doing this. <laughs> build a bear. Build a bear. And the reason I'm doing this, we're just going to walk through an audio version of a Bigfoot sighting. And I want to do this to gain, for our listeners to kind of gain an understanding of the circumstances around this. But I don't want to. Now, while we're doing this, I'm going to be telling some stories as well. Okay, fine. So we're going to begin. We're going to take a moment with me. And I'd like for you to picture you're driving down a dimly lit country oh, road. Me, me. Here. I got this. There. Now it feels like you're on a country road drive. <laughs> there it is. You're coming to a turn, and in a flash, a large bipedal hairy creature crosses right in front of your car. I mean, it sounds like this. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> Sorry, that was pointless. What do you do? Uh, poop my pants. You know, what do you... What, what did you see, first of all? Mothman. What did you think you saw? Mothman dressed as Batman. That may be a tough one to answer. I just did answer. Well, you at least know what you were feeling. Oh were you scared? Batman is fear. Were you excited? That's kind of a personal question. Are you a Bigfoot hunter or are you a skeptic and you can't seem to convince yourself that you saw what you actually saw? I saw the faux bat Mothman. So we're going to take a closer look at the anatomy of a Bigfoot sighting from kind of the perspective of we just spotted something we couldn't identify. Okay. So Bigfoot sightings have been going on for a very long time. The term Bigfoot is a relatively recent term originating in the 20th century, but the sightings of wild men and mountain devils have been going on for a very long time. But there are some things that add a little bit of credibility to Bigfoot sightings. Of course, with the exception of some variations that you would expect out in nature, there's a pretty clear thread that runs through all of them. So the anatomy of a Bigfoot sighting in general, a typical Bigfoot sighting reports a large bipedal or two-legged upright animal that's vaguely human-shaped, and they're often reported between 6 and 10 feet tall, even up to 12 feet, but most reports put them in like that 7 to 8 foot range, which is still a massive animal. Fucking I wasn't going in the woods before this. I ain't now for Joe. They're often described as having reddish brown, gray, or even black fur. Now, if we're looking at like the Yetis and the Himalayans, then they would obviously have white fur. But for the sake of our sighting today, we just spotted a Bigfoot and we're looking at it from, 
um, northern Cal- uh, northern United States, North America. Okay. So we're just going to go with dark fur. I can see the son of a bitch now. A lot of the reports talk about the eyes. Now, some reports say at night the eyes are reflective, which is kind of a unique thing specific to primates uh, called tapetum lucidum. Who's got the cinnam? Tapetum lucidum is a reflective layer behind the retina in nocturnal vertebrates that increases the amount of light for night vision. That's what demons have. Many nocturnal animals have this special reflective tissue at the back of their eye that allows them to reflect or re-reflect ambient light, and it gives them night vision. Humans don't have that. But if you think, too, like when you see a deer or a coyote, when your uh, headlights hit them and their eyes light up, that's what we're talking about. Or when you try and take a picture of your fucking dog. <laughs> and you're like, you get Damon dog. Yep. Rob- Robo dog engaged. Well, there have been lots of Bigfoot sightings where they've talked about these glowing eyes. Sometimes they're even red. But there is some dispute amongst the Bigfoot community as to whether this is true or whether these individuals are actually seeing a black bear in a tree or an owl's eyes or something like that. Yeah. So these sightings often happens seeing an animal crossing a road, a farm field, while hunting, hiking, fishing, or some other outdoor recreational activity. This does not include the sightings like with the Minerva monster, where the witness actually saw a Bigfoot that came into their backyard and started throwing rocks and howling, and then kind of like prowling around their yard. (laughs) That was an interesting story. Hey, well, wake up. What the hell do you want? What? I think this giant two-legged monkey's throwing rocks at the house. Just go back to bed. I'm serious. I think one of them pooped that day. Hey, whatever. Go back to bed. I'm serious. Look up. God damn it. All right, I'll look. But this was also in a relatively populated area, kind of like a neighborhood. Mm. It's interesting. Another one to look up. Minerva. I'm trying to approach this like we just saw Bigfoot under typical sighting parameters. So we're trying to do an outline, basic, basic outline. Right. You just saw a large bipedal creature that you know is just as surprised to see you as you were to see it. So the first thing that we're looking at is anecdotal evidence. This is firsthand testimonial evidence. Quote, I was there, I know what I saw, end mm-hmm. quote. That kind of evidence. These two phrases come up in almost all the Bigfoot reports that I read. I know what I saw and I'm not crazy. Hmm. Another one. We'll be the judge of that. Someone saw something. They called a researcher. And the first words out of their mouth are, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I know what I saw. Right. Okay. The human memory has been proven to be notoriously unreliable, especially in times of stress. But firsthand testimonial evidence is still important. Mm Mm-hmm. There are also the secondhand stories that are passed down through generations. The Grassman of Ohio, for example, the Minerva Monster, the legend of Boggy Creek and Texarkana. These accounts are important to have if we're searching to discover a new undocumented species of animal. Right. Now, all of these things, it's important to track these things and document them. Of course, it's not proof. But it provides insight into potential feeding habits and different behaviors that you would expect with a wild animal. Mm -hmm. So, you know. What um, were they doing? They were fucking with chickens. Why? Why did (laughs) they want the chickens? They want to eat the chickens? They want the chicken feed? Were they interested in the dog? (laughs) Who knows? I guess we learned these giant forest monkeys like throwing shit at our house. They don't seem to care about property rights. Looking at Bigfoot from a naturalist point of view. A lot of things you would expect uh, a big bipedal hominid to do tends to be confirmed with anecdotal evidence. So, uh, you know, we don't see Bigfoot driving a smart car. 
That's just not something that happens. We do now. But <laughs> Get moving, monkey. Let's move that fucking little shit box. But taking the fish off a fisherman's stringer while he's not looking, there are reports of things like that. Sasquatch reports come from old abandoned apple orchards where they're collecting apples to eat. Things like this, activities you would expect from this type of animal are often confirmed through these stories, and many of these anecdotal reports are accompanied with physical evidence. They're not as exciting as when they throw their shit at houses and stuff, but But taking a fish off a line. Trying to understand that there is a possibility. It's an omnivore now. That we we have an unidentified animal. Right. You know, something new. Let's think about the panda bear. We're really old. The panda, well, the panda bear, panda bear, the panda um, was spoken about forever. Decades and decades. And they thought it was just this. A myth. Exactly. A white and black bear mm-hmm. that eats that doesn't eat meat. Right. Get the fuck out of exactly. here, you conspiracy and then, cunt. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. There's a panda. Yeah. So, you know, this is not unheard of. A researcher will take someone's report, go to where they saw it, and they'll find footprints, or the person will report vocalizations, or there'll be hair at the scene, or the person who experienced it, uh, you know, they'll experience a terrible smell. Those are the things that they're going to write down and they're going to be able to track that stuff. And eventually this animal, unknown animal, will be discovered, hopefully. So back to our sighting we're creating in our heads. Again, if you just saw a Bigfoot right in front of you, what are you experiencing and what did you see? Was there a bad smell in the air? It was me. Did it cross a barbed wire fence, leave some hair behind? You know, these are the things that they're going to want to track. Mm -hmm. So again, we're kind of building our own case for the existence of a Bigfoot or an unknown animal here. I would like to share here that nothing found so far in all of the research has provided rock solid proof, but I think that's what makes this so interesting. Mm -hmm. If or when they confirm the existence of Bigfoot, It wouldn't be but 10 years when Bigfoot is just considered another animal out in the woods. What's so fascinating about it is what and what keeps Bigfoot interesting is that they don't have that smoking gun. Now let's dig the fuck in there and tell some real Bigfoot stories right here. On to notable anecdotal experiences. We got some more stories. Give me the good stuff. Come on. One of them is the Ape Canyon incident. Now, a lot of these I mentioned earlier. And I'm just expanding on them to kind of give you better information about the story. Right. Let's do it. One of them is the Ape Canyon incident in 1924. The Ape Canyon incident is where a group of miners in a cabin on the northern slope of Mount St. Helens were harassed by what they called ape men. What the fuck are those things, dude? Oh, they look like monkey men. I think they look more like ape men. Oh, what the fuck's the difference? Yeah. Well, like us, they probably descended from a common ancestor of an ape, okay. and not a monkey. Monkey's probably on the family tree, but they're more apes. Right, well, whatever those things are, they're throwing their shit at us. Yeah. yeah, both apes and monkeys do that. According to a story that was widely run in Washington and Oregon newspapers at the time, it was on a summer night in July 1924 that a small cabin housing a group of miners came under attack by a gang of wild ape men. And that's reason number 642 I don't camp. According to the five miners, all of whom survived the incident and seemed convinced of its fact, they were asleep when the attack started. Seemingly out of nowhere, the cabin they had hand-built began being hit by huge stones that were being thrown by, quote, mountain devils on all sides. Yikes. The men began to shoot at the monsters, and the attacks would cease only to start back up again minutes later. 
Come on out to the woods, you said. We'll have a real nice time. It'll be real relaxing. Oh, I didn't know there'd be monkey men, dude. Again, it's more ape men. I kind of like the ring of mountain devils. Oh, dude, that one's charging. Oh, take down your mountain devil. Oh, mountain devil is pretty good, man. Ape man is more accurate. At one point of the supposed Sasquatch reached into the cabin through a hole in the construction and took hold of an axe, Shit. but was stymied before he could pull it out of the building. Jesus. All right, the devil monkey man's going after an axe. Oh, now let him get the axe. It's more of an ape man. The siege continued until daybreak when the men finally inched their way out of the cabin. Bigfoot knows how to use weapons. <laughs> Bigfoot knows how to use small arms or whatever, melee weapons. One of the men, Fred Beck, saw one of the Bigfoot standing in the distance at the edge of what is now Ape Canyon. Beck fired on the creature, supposedly watching it tumble into the gorge. Hmm, damn it. Beck would go on to write a book about uh, their experiences at night, speculating that the ape men were, in fact, extra-dimensional beings. Oh, goodness. But some more grounded theories have also been posited. The most popular explanation for the sensational story is that, that it was a gang of local youth that were bombarding the cabin with rocks as youths are no, yeah. known to do. Attacking people yeah. with rocks? Yeah. Okay. Which I don't know how they would confuse Chitrons? kids with uh, giant ape men. But, you right. know, thanks to the acoustics of the canyon, it is possible that their voices were made to seem beastly or extra dimensional, as it were. Now, the term Bigfoot didn't come along until the 1950s, so they called them Ape Man. Hence the Ape Canyon incident. Ever wonder what it was like to be kidnapped by Bigfoot? Check this fucking story out. This one is called the Albert Ostman Encounter. Albert Ostman was a Canadian prospector who reported that he was abducted by a Sasquatch and held captive for six days. He claimed the event took place near Toba Inlet, British Columbia in 1924. Albert Osman, a lumberjack and woodsman, went to the area for a vacation. Osman had heard stories about man-beasts who supposedly roamed in these woods, but he thought they were tall tales told to scare people off from potential prospecting sites. As Osman lay asleep one evening, a Sasquatch purportedly picked him up and carried him off while he was in his sleeping bag. No to camping. Osman was carried in his bag across the country for three hours. By a Sasquatch. That's serious core strength and cardio. The Sasquatch dropped Osman down on a plateau. Standing around him was a family of four of the creatures. Hello. Who would hold him captive for six days. What does a monkey do with a person for six days? Monkey, put your dick away. I don't want to watch you jerk off. Quit, quit it. Oh, don't jerk off on me. God damn it. The captors were two adults and two children. One of the Bigfoot was reported as being eight feet tall. Hey, Zach, you want to go camping? Nope. Osman did not use his gun on them as he said they had done him no harm. <laughs> Osman ate sweet-tasting grass, he said, uh, that they gave him. According to Osman, the female Sasquatch washed and stacked leaves. Oh, fuck. Now we have to fight the Bigfoot patriarchy. Albert escaped, making the large male Sasquatch groggy by feeding him some snuff. Nice. Things got really weird when he gave the Bigfoot cocaine. He did not tell his story for more than 24 years after it happened for fear of being thought of as crazy. Yeah. Well, I think he's crazy. He's obviously crazy. Fuck that guy. Let's tell another Ape Canyon story, shall we? Next story. Then there's the disappearance of Jim Carter in Ape Canyon. This was in 1950. Yes, the same Ape Canyon as the miners. Jim Carter, 32, was with a 20-member climbing party from Seattle who were on Mount St. Helens in Washington in May of 1950. 
On the way down the mountain, they left the other climbers near a landmark called Dog's Head at around 8,000 feet. Carter was an experienced skier and mountaineer, and he told the rest of the climbers that he would ski around to the left and take a picture of the group as they skied down to the timberline. From here, Carter took off down the mountain in a wild, death-defying dash, apparently taking chances that no skier of his caliber would take unless something was terribly wrong or he was being pursued. He apparently jumped over two or three large crevasses and was going like the devil down the slope, seemingly frightened of something. Hmm. Hey, look at Carter. Hey, Carter. Hey, what's, what's he saying? I don't know. Well, he looks like he's panicking. Yeah. Well, should we panic too? Probably. That was the last time anyone saw Carter alive. Was his disappearance linked to the famous giant ape attack in 1924? Probably not. Despite a large search of the area for weeks by experienced search and rescue teams, no trace of Carter was found. Only a discarded film box at the point where he had taken a picture was discovered. When Carter's tracks reached the steep side of Ape Canyon, the searchers were amazed to see that Carter had been in such a hurry that he went right down the steep canyon walls. But they did not find him at the bottom of the canyon as they had expected. The tracks were traced by plane again towards the Eagle Creek Ranger Station before they disappeared completely into wilderness. Hmm. Carter's complete disappearance is an unsolved mystery to this day. Lee was very uh, was a very experienced Portland mountaineer, and his credentials included that he was a member of the exclusive Worldwide Alpine Club and the leader of the 1961 Himalayan Expedition and advisor to the 1963 American Expedition. The search team combed the canyon, one end to the other, for five days. Sometimes there were as many as 75 people in the search party, but no sign of Carter or his equipment was found. After two weeks, the search was called off, and to this day, Jim's remains or equipment have never been found. I I speculate one thing that that is clear from the evidence, I think, is that that? he did see a Bigfoot. Uh, (laughs) He ran away at first. But you would have found his stuff mm. if he died. Mm-hmm. So obviously, he and Bigfoot are married. <laughs> you made me a very happy man, Sasquatch. Oh, 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 oh. Wait, what are you doing? Oh, Why are you oh, twisting oh, my oh, dick oh, off? Oh. Ah! Then there's the William Rowe account. Now, here's a Bigfoot story to stick in your cranial sack. <laughs> William Rowe. William Rowe is spelled R O E. In October of 1955, William Rowe, a highway worker and experienced outdoorsman, was spending time near Tet Juan Cache, British Columbia. Rowe was part of a crew working on a road in the area. Rowe found himself with a day off and decided to take a hike and scout out a good area for a future hunt. Rowe carried his rifle but was not really looking to take a shot that day. He decided to visit a rugged and isolated area on Micah Mountain where there was an old abandoned mine. Roe had taken down a grizzly bear in that area the year before. What happened next is best described by William Roe himself. So he knows what a grizzly bear looks like. Yes. What follows is a sworn affidavit filed on August 26, 1957 by Mr. Roe regarding his experience. The affidavit was drawn up by the legal department of the city of Edmonton in Alberta, and there's all the credentials of the people that were involved, but I'm not going to read that. This whole thing is a quote. Ever since I was a small boy back in the forests of Michigan, I have studied the lives and habits of wild animals. But there's a good boy. Later, when I supported my family in northern Alberta by hunting and trapping, I spent many hours just observing the wild things. They fascinated me. 
but the most incredible experience I have ever had with a wild creature occurred near a little town called Tete Jeune Cache, British Columbia, about 80 miles west of Jasper, Alberta. Which is just outside of Bumfuck, Canada. I had been working on the highway near this city that I'm not sure if I pronounced uh, correctly for about two years. In October 1955, I decided to climb five miles up Micah Mountain to an old deserted mine just for something to do. I came in sight of the mine about three o'clock in the afternoon after an easy climb. I had just come out of the patch of low brush into a clearing when I saw what I thought was a grizzly bear. But it turned out it was just an extremely furry man on a unicycle wearing a tutu and waving a chainsaw everywhere. I had shot a grizzly bear near that spot the year before. This was only about 75 yards away, but I didn't want to shoot it for I had no way of getting it out. So I sat down on a small rock and watched my rifle in my hands. I could see part of the animal's head and the top of one shoulder. A moment later, it raised up and stepped out into the opening, and I saw that it was not a bear. And that's when the multidimensional reptilian shapeshifters showed up in their spaceship. This, to the best of my recollection, is what the creature looked like and how it acted as it came across the clearing directly towards me. My first impression was that of a huge man, about six feet tall, almost three feet wide, and probably weighing somewhere near 300 pounds. It was covered from head to foot with dark brown silver tipped hair but as it came closer i saw its breasts and knew that it was a female plot twist and yet its torso was not curved like a female's its broad frame was straight from shoulder to hip its arms were much thicker than a man's arms and longer reaching almost to its knees its feet were broader proportionately than a man about five inches wide at the front and tapering to much thinner at the heels this guy's got some fucking detail going there when it walked it placed the heel of its foot down first and i could see the gray brown skin or hide on the soles of its feet it came to the edge of the bush i was standing in and then i pooped my pants within 20 feet of me and squatted down on its haunches reaching out its hands it pulled the branches of bushes toward it and stripped the leaves with with its teeth its lips curled flexibly around the leaves as it ate i was close enough to see that its teeth were white and even the head was higher at the back than in the front the nose was broad and flat the lips and chin protruded further than its nose but the hair that covered it, leaving barely only parts of its face around the mouth, nose, and ears, made it resemble an animal as much as a human. None of this hair, even on the back of his head, was longer than an inch. And on its face, it was much shorter. Its ears were shaped like a human's ears, but its eyes were small and black like a bear's, and its neck was also unhuman, thicker and shorter than any man's I had ever seen. As I watched this creature, I wondered if some movie company was making a film at this place, and that what I saw was an actor made up to look like a partly human, partly animal. But as I observed it more, I decided it would be impossible to fake such a specimen. Anyway, I learned later that there was no such company in that area, nor in fact did anyone live up Micah Mountain, according to the people who lived in this area. Finally, the wild thing must have gotten my scent for it looked directly at me, through an opening in the brush. Then I shit myself again and passed out. A look of amazement crossed its face. It looked so comical at that moment that I had to grin. Still in a crouched position, it backed up three or four short steps, then straightened up to its full height and started to walk rapidly back the way it came. 
For a moment, it watched me over its shoulder as it went. But I had been passed out for several minutes covered in my own shit. Not exactly afraid, but as though it wanted no contact with anything strange. Hmm. The thought came to me that if I'd shot it, I would possibly have a specimen of great interest to science and the world over. I had heard stories of the Sasquatch, the giant hairy Indians that lived in the legends of British Columbia, and also many claim are still in fact alive today. Maybe this was a Sasquatch, I told myself. After I woke up in my own shit. I leveled my rifle. The creature was still walking rapidly away, again turning its head to look in my direction. They did that movie nod, that silent but meaningful nod. Hmm. And then I lowered my rifle. Although I've called the creature it, I felt now that it was a human being, and I knew and I knew I would never forgive myself if I killed it. Well, you fucked science pretty hard, so fuck you. Just because it did the movie nod. Just did it as it came to the other patch of brush, it threw its head back and made a peculiar noise that seemed to be half laugh, half language, at which I can only describe as kind of a whinny. Then it walked from the small bush into the stand of lodgepole pine. I stepped out into the opening and looked across the small ridge just beyond the pine trees to see if I could see it again. And that's when the spaceship took me to Atlantis in the hollow earth. It came out of the ridge a couple hundred yards away from me, tipped its head back again. Moving on. And again emitted the only sound I had heard it make. (laughs) But what this half laugh, half language was meant to convey, I don't know. I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself there. It disappeared then, and I never saw it again. I wanted to find out if it lived on vegetation entirely or ate meat as well, so I went down and looked for signs. What's that noise? Eh, there it is. I found it in five different places, and although I examined it thoroughly, I could find no hair or shells of bugs or insects, so I believe it's strictly a vegetarian. Well, I hope it's not preachy about it. <laughs> I had found one place where it had seemingly slept for a couple nights under a tree. Now the nights were cool up in the mountain, at this time of year specifically, and yet it had not used a fire. I found no sign that it possessed even the simplest of tools, nor a single companion while in this place. Bigfoot likes axes, though. He can use fucking melee weapons. This is something we learned previously. Whether this was a Sasquatch, I do not know. It will always remain a mystery to me unless another one is found. I hereby declare the above statement to be true to be in every part true to the best of my powers of observation and recollection. Signed, William Rowe. Fucking A. That's one of the more interesting stories out there. Now, to me, that story sounds like a primate. It almost sounds like a silver-tipped ape. Sounds like a good writer. A gorilla. He's a good... Silver-tipped gorilla. The Mm. description reminds me of that. The shape of the head, the mouth, the way it sits, the fur, all of it. Hmm. Except it's bipedal. Right. So, was, And yeah, he's a very good writer. Or he actually saw himself a Sam Squint. Then, more recently, there's the Hosax Cave sighting in Ohio. A Bigfoot in Ohio? I fucking knew it. And I believe this is our last story that we're going to cover today, even though i got a bunch more. So many. There's no reason to go into any more. Ah, but ah. This happened in February of 2017. A former state park employee saw an unidentified creature on the side of the road, and a footprint was later collected from the site. Now, this person had nothing to do with the Bigfoot prior to working at Saltwork Lodge in this uh, state park, but wasn't necessarily a believer until this instance. The cast print was 15 inches long by 7 inches wide and 2 inches deep in the um, in the dirt. The investigators revisited the site of the footprint in May. They, re- they went back just a couple months later. They uh, had a friend who is six foot six 
and 340 pounds jump barefooted behind where the original was cast. And he died. He could only make about a half an inch impression. Mm. So it's very interesting. This really helped the researchers to understand just how massive these animals are. Right. You said something like 800 pounds. Mm-hmm. That would be more gorilla. So these are some more some of the more notable anecdotal accounts, and there's been hundreds of these. I mean, even Theodore Roosevelt had his own Bigfoot encounter. Right. So researchers are really careful with reports like these anecdotal accounts. They recognize a phenomena called pareidolia, and that's where some humans are really good at seeing patterns. We can see patterns in almost anything. It was a survival mechanism for most of our history, Mm -hmm. being able to see the tiger in the bushes before it sees you. So we're really adept at seeing patterns, sometimes to a fault. In example, cases where we can see Elvis in a piece of toast and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So they recognize this and consider that maybe this person saw a tree stump that looks surprisingly like Bigfoot, or maybe it was a bear. If you take a look at a picture of a grizzly bear standing up on its hind legs, it's quite easy to see where the confusion can come from if you're not used to seeing grizzly bears. That's a pretty convincing Bigfoot, I'd say. Sure. So, yeah, absolutely. So to wrap up our activity that we began of our own sighting, my hope was to gain a bit of perspective on how shocking, alarming, and off-putting having an experience like this would be. I mean... Even if it was a bear walking on two legs across the road, it would be a huge surprise and might even be a scary thing. So how much detail would you actually remember? When I'm passed out covered in my own shit? Mm. And just how stupid would you feel reporting it? Seriously. So many people in court... Would you report it? Right. You know what I mean? In court, people will not know the color of the car that they saw when they're actually testifying it. So it is difficult. Yeah. Anecdotal evidence is, of course, mm-hmm. the weakest evidence, but it's all we have in, in, in some of these cases, and it's certainly fascinating to entertain. Well, there is hair, and there's uh, footprints, and there's beds, and you know all this stuff. But it's, it's just so hard to survey all the places right? that these things are said to have lived, mm-hmm. and so that's the really interesting part of it all. Yeah. It's like we don't know what lives. There's could be thousands of different bugs that we've never seen mm-hmm. before. There might mm-hmm. be a super squirrel out there. Yeah. So to to. <clears throat> to say that there's no, you know, bipedal simian primate yeah, right. uh, that's very aware of us mm-hmm. and designed for the terrain mm-hmm. and, you know, smells us a coming. That seems fascinating. That's The whole planet's covered in, in right. animals that have those traits. Well, see, and, and that's... there's bones of these things. There's australopithecines yes. and all of these different mm-hmm. things. And that's where I sit on this is not in the hairy man, you know, the, the weird weirdness i sit uh in the side that the potential of an undiscovered animal mm-hmm. out there that is seen that lives in the high country that pops in and out every once in a while but because of the lore that has been built up around this when somebody sees a hairy bipedal creature like don't tell anybody we're gonna be crazy we are crazy people they are automatic i mean it's alarming to see an animal in the woods anyways right any sizable animal you're like fuck is that what is that it's like it's a raccoon right i don't care even if it's a deer you know or something or you hear a rabbit it just because we're out of our element most people will be startled or Mm -hmm. at least slightly alarmed um so when you see a creature that's standing on two feet you automatically go into fight or flight. Mm-hmm. 
you just do, especially if it's eight feet tall. Yeah, because that's big, fucking scary animal. Right. Um, anytime you have an, you face off with an animal that you're unaware of or you've never been face to face with in person, you don't know how to handle yourself. Um, so your fear kicks in, mm-hmm. and in order to ascertain the situation in a split second, understand where the danger is. Is this a dangerous animal? Because your heart's beating a thousand miles a minute at mm-hmm. this point. Fight or flight is fun. Mm-hmm. And be able to get your camera out or mm-hmm. your gun uh, and shoot it. A lot of people aren't, they don't just trigger. They're not trigger happy in the woods. Uh, they, a hunter should be pretty good about exactly. keeping calm though. Right. No. But they still, and a lot of the stuff that I read and watched, they are. Uh, there's a lot of people with stories. Oh, so many stories, yeah. Thousands of stories. And I, well, maybe they're making them up. I don't know. Some of but them definitely are, yeah, probably. But they're great stories. Yeah. You know, and well, a lot of them are hunters. Well, let's talk about all of this uh, in our conclusion. But let's do our meter. I want to see where this sits in, in the meter. How likely is this case? Time for the dipshit meter. Who's the dipshit this time? Is it you for listening? JK, JK. All right, so the meter is very high yeah. for Bigfoot. <laughs> of all the oddities that we cover, the reason why we wanted to cover this one is because mm-hmm. it was so high on the thing, but we didn't know it was going to be this high. Right. Uh, so let's go over it real quick. Okay. For our oddities, we have five categories. We have our witness quantity, mm-hmm. the witness credibility, the physical evidence, the amount of it, uh, the video and photo and audio evidence as well, and then this, does it follow science? Mm-hmm. Those are our five categories. And this blew my mind. Right. I, I didn't. Mine too. We actually went over this a few times and we're like, okay, how can this we. This can't be right, but it's close. How can we. What are we missing? You guys can help grade this at home. We're, we're dipshit files, a home game. Basically, we should be out there right now looking for Bigfoot. <laughs> but we'll get to the final scores here. And we did some quantity. We, we did a couple different versions of the score. Yeah. So here we go. Witness quantity. There's no doubt mm-hmm. that it's five. Right. There are hundreds thousands, thousands of these and they go back into ancient times yeah. and so but even if we just stick to since it's been deemed bigfoot which was in 1952 i think right. is when that term came up if we just go from 1952 and just in the united states and just in the u.s yeah there are Thousands. Yeah. It's insane how many there are. I've made it through just a tiny, tiny amount, and I was just looking for the best evidence, best stories, most credible, that sort of thing. So, yeah. It's a five. It's a five. Now, let's look at the credibility of the witnesses. Right. Uh, We also gave it a five. Yeah. We're talking, there have been at least one president. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are many, many, many scientists that are interested in this field that have claimed all sorts of crazy things that we found in the research. There are anthropologists. That would be the experts. Yeah. There are anthropologists running around out there right now. Mm -hmm. There are veterinarians. Um, There's Department of Natural Resource folks running around out there right now looking Mm -hmm. into this stuff. There's uh, there's law enforcement. There's aliens. There's abducting <laughs> big feet. All sorts of stuff. So the credibility of these individuals, of course, if you put all of them into a giant bucket, there are very uncredible yeah, individuals. Probably the too. majority of them are uncredible. You know, or they have they have no credibility beyond the story that they're telling. Right. But for our scale, right, we take the top. And we look at who's who's the top most credible. Yeah. And, you know, we have presidents and we mm-hmm. have scientists that mm-hmm. are, it's their field. Right. So, and they're saying, well, let's not just dismiss let's it. Let's look into this further. Yeah. Right. 
So we're giving that a five. Yeah. And, and you guys can dispute that and call us wackadoodles if you want to. Mm-hmm. Now let's look at the physical evidence. The physical evidence is also very high. We gave it a 4.5. Right. The thing that we would want for it to be a five is a body. Yeah. And we've never seen a body. Right. We have ten, We have thousands and thousands of footprints. Yeah. And a few of them that are absolutely very interesting. Mind-boggling. Yeah. That are, it would cost thousands of dollars to put on this hoax. Hundreds of thousands. Yeah. To make the prosthetics, yeah. to make this thing work. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's according to, to people that are doing, that are looking at foot moldings for a living, I guess, yeah. or whatever. I mean, that is, that. that is their, their area of research. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Right. And so who are we to be like, well, you don't know. Cause I fucking don't believe in Bigfoot. Fuck right. you. Right. But, uh, beyond that, there's also, well, we were meeting about this. Yes. You're saying that there's not a lot of forensic uh, evidence because they don't do forensics when they're out there. The, the challenge it's all is contaminated, and they're yeah they're starting to do. Uh, they're taking a more for, uh, forensics type approach for the DNA evidence. Now they got to find some more. Right. First of all, it's hard to find in the first place. Right. But now they um, have to have a scientist ready out to not contaminate shit. Exactly. To keep it in the right temperature. And so I dug through. Um, I dug through DNA information and I found an abstract. Uh, it's a PDF, and you know I can try and figure out a way to connect it to this, uh, so you guys can read it and explain it to me. My brain uh, <laughs> it doesn't can't, want any more. It, sci- it I, can't abstract. process any more information. <laughs> However, the thing that I found fascinating about this is the DNA evidence came back on. I think it was fifty-seven samples. I think um, I remember that stands out in my brain. Most of it was thrown out because mm-hmm. some of it was human hair. Some of it was moss, some, you know. Right. But what they did find in one specimen was a mix of bear and wolf. Now, it boggled the, the mind of the DNA scientists. There's because a wolf bear like, out there, motherfucker. They're like, okay, it is not under, in our scope of understanding, they do not cross species and you cannot cross species with a bear and a wolf. Right. So to the to their understanding, it was probably a bear that came in contact with the wolf at one point. Right. And it just cross contaminated. Just cross contaminated. But they also found human DNA. Right. So there's a bear wolf man out there. Exactly. Right. So they're saying there's no way because this was not collected forensically to definitively say there's a bear wolf man out there. Right. Uh, it's likely contaminated. So we really haven't got any good DNA evidence no. because there aren't a lot of scientists out there N- not, that know how to do it. Not at the finding le- this exactly. Shit. Not at the level that these researchers want. Right. What I would definitively want. exactly. I want a body, or I want the DNA to be like absolutely right. You know, perfect right. specimen because it was collected appropriately. Yeah. You know, that's the only way to do it. Yeah. So they're working on it. Yeah, but we still gave them a four point five because of all. The, there are way too many footprints, way too many, uh, all sorts of different evidence. Man, there's so much between the footprints, um, the body markings, the the territorial markings left behind, the bedding, the way trees are broken off and arranged. Uh, is there's just so much of this out there? Teeth marks in apples. You mm. know that that was one that they had. It was a research uh, project uh, expedition that they put out. I think that was in the early 2000s, maybe mid-2000s. And uh, they'd gone out and they set up trap, you know. Um, they set up also trail cameras and that sort of thing and caught a bunch of shit. Never caught a Bigfoot. Damn it. None of them. See, that's the thing. I know. It's like there are cameras all over the place. Right. But, you know, there's a lot of places. That there is also. They, they a, won't 
but the, we'll People, go. We don't. We're not able to go as humans. We do not go that far. Into well, the we wood. can't. Right. Uh, not. I mean, you, it's so dense a forest that we don't travel that far. Right. Um, we can't even drop people in by helicopter. I mean, we probably could try, right. but you know, it, there's no reason to. Right. And it, Bigfoot has been discredited so much in so many ways, and it's such a muddy area that there's no government agency that's like, yeah, let's spend money on this. I think it's because it's called Bigfoot. Yeah, I think probably. That, that makes it mm-hmm. dumb. If we could give it a scientific name mm-hmm. uh, that it would deserve if it could be proven to exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we shouldn't uh, call it officially Bigfoot exactly. if we do discover it. Be like, right. you're Bigfoot. Oh, fuck. As, you know, as a bipedal... That's like being a titmouse. It's <laughs> a fucking lie. Bipedal primate uh, North American would be a very cool... Uh, once it's it's discovered, if it were discovered, it would have a scientific name, and then it would give it credibility, and then mm-hmm. we could research it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay, now let's look at the video, photo, audio evidence. This is another one that's very high, mm-hmm. but it's this is the one that was another one that was controversial to mm-hmm. us because we give it a five if the Patterson tape was proven pro- without a shadow of right. a doubt real. But there's mm-hmm. so much controversy to it; it's like. Right. Uh, but it has been, <laughs> that story that you told us was pretty interesting. That the, the, mm. the main guy that got it debunked right. is a total fraud yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, you know, don't sue us, but pretty much for sure. It's been shown to be true that he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Right. And that even today, <clears throat> video experts are looking at that film going, yeah. I don't know. The yeah. mouth opens. Exactly. The eyes blink. How much, in 1967, you, you made a mask that had the eyes blink? Yeah. What? And you did it in the field? How? Yeah. Did you teach George <laughs> Lucas how to do that? <laughs> That's very crazy. So mm-hmm. we would give it a 5.0 mm-hmm. uh, if there wasn't some of that controversy. Because there are a few other videos, too, that doesn't show the creature in the same way. Right. Uh, but it is very interesting. Well, the Patterson... The, the Ridge line video that you talked about. Exactly. There's several of them out there. But the, the Patterson film still remains the best evidence if it can be shown to be true. Right. Um, but if it's not, there's still a fuckload yeah, of audio. Exactly. Uh, the photos don't really do much for anybody, but the video and the audio yeah. are two things. Because yep. there's, there's experts on the sounds of nature mm-hmm. that are like, well, we don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah, they're it like, could well, be it, this, it could be, but... but be, it, maybe it's sick Yeah, and, got, and, it, and it's injured. <laughs> but, you know, again, right. we're not experts. We're just listening to people that claim to be experts. Mm-hmm. We like to give people the benefit of the doubt in right. all these things, but we know that there's a lot of shysters and all that right shit. right well i do want to trust people who are considered experts in their field absolutely and that's why my ratings were so high i don't know what the fuck i'm talking that's about. that's why i don't feel like i'm this not one, an expert that's why this one doesn't ring like wackadoodle to me Mm-mm. like i i have a i have a hyper sense for wackadoodlery right but this one it just doesn't seem like that Mm-mm. to me it's it doesn't like, feel that way to me either no it feels like the panda bear i don't want to be on the other side of the panda bear thing right where it's like no there's there could be a panda bear. Why not? Nature is fucking weird. Have you yeah. seen a jellyfish? Like there's an, <laughs> for there to be a, another Have fucking Have you ever bipedal. seen a dick-dick? Yeah, exactly. Exa- yeah. I've seen a dick-dick. <laughs> but we gave a 4.25 for the video, photo, audio. We would give it a 5 if the Patterson tape is 100%. Right. Uh, but right. We, we don't know. So 4.25 with all the other stuff that's out there that exists mm-hmm. and the audio and things like that. Now let's look at the very last category. Does it follow the science? The science. Fuck yeah. Yeah. It's the only one of the oddities and UFOs and weird things that follows science that we know. Yes. It's part of evolution. Right. Were there monkeys, primates in North America? Yes. Yes. Uh, Did they go extinct a long time ago? Yes. Yeah. Uh, There are a couple monkeys in Florida, but we reintroduced them. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, other than that... Yeah, the rhesus macaques, they were were brought in, but... Yeah, but there's... uh, 
one of the most interesting things that I found in, in the research that I did on this a long time ago was that it's like something like 45% at the time of the United States, it's probably much less than that now, has ever been surveyed by foot mm-hmm. by human beings. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of land. Yeah. And the Northwest is one of those places where it's too dense. A lot of those places are in the Northwest and up in British Columbia and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And these things that we're talking about, let's just take a look at, here's the theory of, of the science is that they could be uh, Neanderthal or mm-hmm. they could be Australopithecine or some of, one of the primates in the, in the past. Mm-hmm. These things, we have fossils for Neanderthal. Right. We have fossils for Australopithecine and Australokikas and Australosupermungus. All, all, all of the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> And these are all bipedal, you know, part of the ancestry or, mm-hmm. or at least part of our, our line in some way. Uh, they're in the branches with us. Mm-hmm. And they have different body structures than we do by a lot, including feet right. that are bigger than ours in mm-hmm. a sense. Uh, definitely in a sense. They're much bigger. They weigh more than we do. They have denser bones. Mm-hmm. Ne- just Neanderthal, which is very close to human beings. It's right. the closest that we know. Uh, but their feet are are basically what the the castings are yeah. of the Bigfoot. Right. Like you look at the the, the Neanderthal feet and mm-hmm. they're they're way different than human feet. They're flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're designed f- they're not designed. They're evolved to mm-hmm. run around in the woods. I'm I like, mean, nice nice save there. <laughs> Jesus made the monkey man <laughs> to run around the woods. Uh but it's very interesting because it's obvious that evolution these creatures weren't running around in streets right. downtown. Right. They were in the woods and they're designed <laughs> they have evolved How dare you? Yes. to be able to walk without shoes on right. in, in the woods, right. over we, rocks and rivers. And yeah. Yeah. And we do not have that Mm-mm. to get into the woods where f- we have to do all sorts of shit. We have yeah. a clear path and all that stuff. It just makes it seem like it's very, very possible. Yeah. And so that's the theory is that instead of Bigfoot being, you know, a monster or whatever, mm-hmm. it's a, it's an, ape. it's a primate. It's a primate. Yeah. Maybe it's Austro big kick-ass America. It's a primate we can't get to because it evolved to, be fucking far away from us. Yes. To go where we can't go. Well, if you look... Kind of like how we can't hang out with the people in Atlantis <laughs> under the ocean. You know, it's just hard. <laughs> Visiting the Hollow Earth reptiles is a fucking task. If you just look at the... Uh, when they were looking... Uh, any, you know, Jane Goodall film documentary, um, any of that stuff. When they were in search for the silverback ape way back when, decades ago, they went months without seeing anything. And uh, there was a bunch of research that went into that. And to this day, unless you know exactly where to look because you've found them before, right. they're elusive yeah. and they're hard to find. It's This one's just not the same as, you know, aliens coming from millions of light years or it, ghosts or any of these things. It's like yeah, it there are big monkeys in the, in the fossil record. Right. There are monkeys in the fossil record on North America. Yes. There's a real good chance that we just can't get to them. And maybe every once in a while we see them because we get... These are our, when they see the the Bigfoot, it's most likely up a logging trail or a yeah, mining it, fucking area. Yeah. Way off in the, yeah. So, yeah. who knows? The final score on this motherfucker is a 4.75. <laughs> and that's giving no credit. That's taking the Patterson film out. Right. If the Patterson film is credible, uh, it'd be a 4.9. <laughs> right. We need to go look for the monkeys. <laughs> in the woods are some monkeys. I'm certain of it. We need to go find them. We gotta go find them. We gotta the go primates. befriend them. Uh, they can tell us about the aliens and all the answers to the, the Earth questions will be you answered. You know, part of me hopes we never do. Because yeah. humans do nothing but fuck things up. True. 
yeah. you know, because then they're going to p- want to put them in cages and yeah, they're they going to want to do scientific research and mm. cut them open and, and then draw their blood. A and delicacy and it'll be, uh, it'll help with like, you know, I can't help but think problems. of the heart, heartbreaking things that we did to primates just 40 years ago. Yeah. So anywho, anywho. All right. Well, it's a 4.75 or a 4.9 mm-hmm. and you guys let us know. Are we way off? Are right. we, are we way up our ass and just want to believe in Bigfoot mm-hmm. or is this true? I mean, is there really, I mean, when it comes to witness quantity, there's thousands yeah. of people. Yeah. When it comes to the credibility, fuck you, Teddy Roosevelt, he would punch you in the dick <laughs> if you said he was incredible. <laughs> Physical evidence. I mean, all these footprints, they're not collected by the same guy, mm-hmm. not in the same country, not with the same motivations. Mm-mm. There's thousands of them. Even if there's one yeah. that is actually a fucking giant, you know, Neanderthal or all Austro, fuck yeah. All you need is one. All you need is one. So we gave it high. Mm-hmm. Uh, the video and audio and shit. If the Patterson tape is legit, fuck me running, bro. Right. If you had that kind of video of a UFO, yeah. you would go, well, fucking A. We there's need to, the, yeah, there's yeah. the aliens, right. So, And then does it follow science? Fuck yeah, it, yeah does. it does. It's the only one of these oddities <laughs> that's like, it's not stairs in the woods that go to the fucking magic no. portal. It's a fucking monkey. It's not a flying It's a man. North American bipedal <laughs> simian that's right. not us. Right. Yes. So... Yeah. Now let's do our conclusion. Boy, our dipshit sure are wackadoodles. Let's finish this shit anyway. I believe believe Bigfoot is our future man and that the aliens and that Illuminati shit. No, I I think it's the most fascinating. Yeah. It's one of the last places left to explore. Mm -hmm. These forests. Right. uh, Are these these places on earth that we haven't touched. Yeah. Uh, And like you, I think we should probably leave it alone. But as far as scientific knowledge, it'd be nice to catalog every fucking creature. Right, of course. So. I mean, that's part of what we do. We like making lists. Yeah, <laughs> I like reading the lists that those guys make, but I ain't going out in the woods. So I'll get all. I have to say that uh, you know, if being fascinated by Bigfoot uh, makes you turns you into a wackadoodle, I'm a fucking wackadoodle, wackadoodle. on this one. Uh, I am too. a dipshit. Then. I am too. I, we're both dipshits. We're both week. full on dipshits yeah. with this one. The research that I've done of. Uh, just for this uh, has has been all over the place because there is so much information. Um, I had to figure out how I was going to write the script because it's all over the world. Yeah. So well, what's the most convincing part to you? What would you say? I still have to stick with the Patterson film. Okay. I really do. So if that do. falls away, then a lot of it falls away? Or no, no. The okay. next would be the Ridgeline film. God, there's so much. I right. don't even know. Um the Ridgeline film was very compelling. The noises. Mm. So the audio recordings, to me, fascinating. Uh, individuals that have um, just had experiences with uh, things, something in the middle of the night, coming and pressing on the top of their tent, uh, walking around their tent, making noises mm. um, from high up. Just, it's insane. There's just so much. I don't know what's the most compelling to me it was it's definitely the dna was also compelling because it was a mixture and i i understand that if it's not collected appropriately it's out the window right but the people that are bringing this in they're like hi i'm an expert on animal poop this poop is very weird, and we want you to ch- to test this poop. Right. You know, it's it's not like, hey, I I was just camping out here and right. I found some poop. Mm-hmm. You know, so some it's, of some of the the collections were individuals that had 
face-to-face experiences that this thing left stuff behind and they collected it and it was too degraded because it was too hot on the hike down or you know whatever right this is just like the panda bear to me Mm -hmm. is there a black and white bear that feasts only on fucking bamboos you know in the woods they said back in the day you know many decades ago people were laughed at they're like you are insane yep and it was and actually here, a Roosevelt. It was one of Roosevelt's kids, I think, that found, or it was so. part of the expedition that found so. him, or whatever. Yep. And there they are, black yeah. and white. Well, they're not even bears. They call them panda bears, right. cause, but they're not bears. They're right. They're uh, closer related to raccoons. It sounds cuter when you call it a panda bear. <laughs> you know, it's better. A panda. Yeah, that's better. All right. Well, this has been a fun one. Yeah. Definitely fun. It has been a blast. I think that we will have to say. I mean, it's. We should go look. Seek the asswells and the big feet. I mean. Yeah. There, there are people looking, and God they, bless them. Godspeed, yeah. you fucking crazy Absolutely. non-wackadoodles. There are researchers out there while we speak yeah. looking for shit, and there has been every day of every year for decades. Yeah. So, I mean, do I think there's a magic monster out there that's, you know, hanging out with the aliens? Mm. Yes, certainly. <laughs> uh, but no. Is there a, another species of, of primate in North America? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I think the odds are pretty high. I, I hope so. Yeah. I feel it's interesting. Yeah. And I, I, I hope that they don't bring in a body because they shot it. I hope they bring it in because they're like, come in, we're gonna, we'll give you some things that you like. Here's yeah. a little house. Tell us about your life, mm-hmm. Mr. Bigfoot. I hope right. it's that, but it, it probably won't be. It probably won't be. It's going to be tagged and hopefully... Dissected they, and... Yeah. Yeah, they won't tag. Well, they, they probably will tag it these yeah, days. There's going to be... If Marlon Perkins was involved in this... <laughs> he'd punch it in the face. He'd punch it in the face. <laughs> he'd, he'd find its kid and then dissect the kid and then tag it and bag it and put a number on its butt and throw it out there. Yep. Yeah. It would never be the After same. After it terrorized the fuck out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Marlon Perkins doesn't want to hear from Scatcast. No, Marlon Perkins really well, doesn't like us. He wants to take our... He's passed away. It's his, it's his kids. They're not happy with us. They want to take our YouTube channel down. Well, that and a few other things. Yeah. We don't have the lawyer power to deal no. with them. As, uh, anyway, so <laughs> all of you listeners, just scratch that last part about Marlon Perkins and his estate. And the guy that founded it, and Fowler, too, the guy that founded the Discovery Channel, they're not happy with us. Yeah. <laughs> I get letters every week from them. They're like, cease and desist of your breathing, sir. <laughs> that might be a little bit of hyperbole. All right, so that's all we have for you guys. Thank you for joining us with the Dipshit Files, number 14, mm-hmm. and our little palate cleanser after all that fucking cannibalism yeah. and darkness. Yeah, this, this was been, fun. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, before we get out of here, we have to say uh, a thank you and a happy birthday to yes. Bodie, uh, who has been a huge part of mm-hmm. not not just t- uh, Scatcast, but he was a big part of my time at Time Suck. Mm-hmm. He's the grand champion, I think, of the the trivia yeah. there. Mm-hmm. But he and I forged a friendship there because he was very respectful, very intelligent, uh, very thoughtful, and creative guy. And so it was just fun to talk to him. But happy fucking birthday, bro! Happy, happy birthday to you! To you. Happy birthday to you, fucker! Happy, Happy birthday, dear Bodie. The quartermaster. Happy birthday to you, you cunt. <laughs> I don't know how old you are, but I'm glad that you've uh, existed this long. Happy birthday, Keep Bodie. Keep it up. Keep it up. Double those numbers. Those are rookie numbers. Keep it going. <laughs> all right. Yeah, happy birthday. And thanks to all of you guys for listening. We mm-hmm. appreciate all of you in the litter box. Yes. Our, our Patreon only place. Patreon.com forward slash scatcast gets mm-hmm. you extra footage and extra crap. And mm-hmm. you can support what we're doing. And it's very nice of you yeah. when you do that. Also, scatcast.com has all of our merch. You yep. can get Wednesdays for dipshit stuff. Mm-hmm. You can. There's a cartoon of me. I look like Bob's Burgers guy. <laughs> she drew it. It's great. Uh, but there's tons of stuff there that mm-hmm. you can get to support the show as well. 
uh, info at scottcast.com if you'd like to tell us how we did, if there's some corrections. If mm-hmm. you've graded today's show and you have a different score, we'd love to hear it. Why yeah, not? I'd love to hear it. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And why? Mm-hmm. You know, share with us. Yeah. What did we miss? What did we get right? Oh, we missed a fuck ton. Oh, yeah. We did miss a lot. I, I There's a fuck ton I didn't put in sure. there. Sure. We chose a few things. We cherry picked some yeah, shit. Yeah, I really that's did. That's all we got for There you. is so much. There's no way I could cover it all. That's right. Well, thank you to Don, our shitbox wizard yep. at Facebook. The yes. Facebook shitbox group is a lovely place to find memes and mm-hmm. scatcast related materials. And Don, who's just a lovely guy. Yes. And a bunch of other wonderful people that don't have character names yet. Mm-hmm. But who knows what will happen. Also, big thanks to Chris, our, our uh, Discord fucking dookie slayer. Yep. Thank and you, thank you. Now, Discord is a place where it is just a river of stuff going on yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's it's a it's fun it's a fun community in there. Yep. And it's I it's don't all know, Scatcast related. So yeah, I'm it'll very, cheer, you, cheer you up if you're having a bad day. There's it's all about me. Funny and this shit lady. in there. Yeah, funny shit. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for everything, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll talk at you in the future. And it will seem like the present. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Files. Bing, Bing bong. bong. <laughs>